Welcome to Auto Off Topic. Happy New Year, Brad. Happy New Year, Andrew. Early Happy New Year. Not quite there, but we're getting there. Well, I mean, this probably be the last episode we record before then, right? I think so. Yeah, the way it'll yeah. work out. So, if not, then we'll say it again when the time comes. That's and right. we'll probably say it again the first time after the new year, because then it truly will be the new year. But We sure will. At this moment in time, it's uh, Happy New Year. It is. Or we could say Merry Christmas because it just passed. Yeah, if you missed our Merry Christmas episode, Merry Christmas. Yeah, there you go. And if you did, I don't know why I listened to this one because obviously you need to listen to 100% of our content. That's right. Listen to it all. Um, so you, for to wrap up 2020, uh, we're actually doing a thing for our Diecast fans uh, on the Instagram page. You're doing your top five castings. Yeah, top five castings that came out in the year 2020. Not a new decor or a new, you know, variant of, but an all new casting that came out this year. So it was a little more difficult than I thought it was going to be. You have a lot of favorites? Well, it's, I have a lot of favorites, but some of the stuff I thought came out in 2020 actually came out in 2019. Oh. Yeah. And it's not super simple to figure out exactly when it came out either. Some of them are, not, some of them are, but some of them are not. But I, I, uh, I managed to save ourselves the embarrassment of posting one that came out in November of nineteen first. So, okay, <laughs> just, just by the hair of the hair of it. I don't think I got one until twenty twenty. So I assumed it was a twenty twenty casting, but it is not. So. So you already posted it. So what was the first one? I don't want to give away the other ones. Well, I don't. I I, I didn't like put them in a particular order. Okay. Um, I just went with the top five period because they're all you know. It's hard to pick which one's better than which one. Which okay, so they're not ranked. You're just posting them as you. I'm just posting the top five of the year. All right. So I put up the uh, uh, Tomica Limited Vintage Mazda RX-7 FC3S, which is the redesign of the second gen rx7 so -hmm. like the second gen second version it's a little smoother different taillights body color moldings but kind of a neat car to me because technically i own one um just hasn't been touched in a half a decade like other things in my life so yeah I, i was i was trying to figure out exactly what i wanted to put on there and i didn't want to fill it with all mitsubishis um and then I was going through things and realizing that a significant number of my top diecast this year have been Mitsubishi's because <laughs> very well, it's been a very big Mitsubishi year for diecast. So Tomica, um, Tarmac Works, and Inno sixty four have all released Mitsubishi stuff this year. Hmm. So unfortunately, I think the rest of the list minus maybe one day will be all Mitsubishi. So oh well, it's my favorite, and there's no. No excuses other than it's my favorite. So that's what you get. If I went, I, I thought about going top 10 to get, to just get more variety in there, but I wanted to finish it out by, you know, the end of the week. So anyway, that's my Fair new enough. thing I like doing on the website is that um, diecast daily, AOT diecast daily, you know, and then every time I do it, I put a little story thing in the, the featured stories. So they stay there so you can go back through and see them over time. So. They've gotten actually a pretty decent little interaction from some people, so people seem to like it. So, I'll uh, I'll keep doing it. Yeah, doesn't take away from, doesn't take away from anything. It's only just additional, you know. No. Nope. So keep doing it. Plus, I like taking pictures of 
toy cars because I'm a nerd. So it uh, it feeds into all sides. All right. Since we're coming up on a new year, we figured we do uh, new like car resolutions. We've done this in the past. Yeah. Um, but we can also do sort of a project car state of the union because I don't think we've done that in a while. Nope. And I think beginning of the year is a perfect time to do it because we can talk about our resolution and then we can talk about our goals as part of our um, yeah. project car state of the union. Yeah. This past year, the project car has been a little tricky. Um, you know, among other things, there are far worse things I could be complaining about than yes. not working on my project car. So, um, but I remember, I feel like it was the beginning of this year. You were talking about picking up a little lightning. A little later into the year, I think, because I think it was March when I picked it up. Actually, you know what? It was the last thing I did before things changed. Yep. So I remember, I remember driving to Nevada, having dinner with the previous owner of the truck, Bradley Brunell, who's been on the podcast here a few times. Um, having dinner with him and his wife and Naomi and discussing the fact that there was this weird thing in the news and, you know, what's going to happen. And then uh, by the time we got home, everybody was saying, well, you should probably just stay there. So if I hadn't done it that weekend, it probably would still be sitting in Nevada. Right. And I'd be better for it. So where do you stand with that thing? Because I know you got kind of sidetracked. I know you were trying to to get it done, like, within a couple weeks. So I guess we'll start into my project car, State of the Union. We'll start with me first. So project car number one, we'll talk about that truck. Um, truck came to me in March or I came to it in March. I said a harsh two week window. If I didn't have the truck put back together to a state where it would run in two weeks, I was going to move it on because I didn't want to have this long-term project sitting over my head. So that was screwed up a little bit by the pandemic because when the whole thing first happened, you know, we weren't sure what was okay to do and not do and where to go. And we had a, you know, curfews here. And it was like, I don't want to get a fine to go work on my truck, but being out after curfew, like I don't have an excuse, you know? So a few weeks went by. Um, and then I reset my two week clock <laughs> after like a month. Uh, and within two weeks, I had stripped everything out of the truck that was unnecessary, um, cleaned up the motor and put the whole thing back together to a point where it should have run. Unfortunately, there was more internal damage to the engine than originally thought, and it probably needs rings um, because we couldn't make it. We could not make compression in cylinders two and three. So we did everything possible to check it to find out why we were making compression um, as far as, you know, the valves and everything there. Everything was fine. So it turns out that it's definitely rings. And at that point, the vehicle is here in my driveway. Um, I had just moved into this new house, which again, 2020 has been weird, but we also managed to buy a house during it and take advantage of the, you know, the 2020 pandemic interest rates. So that's a positive. Um, but the negative there is I don't have a lot of tools here. So I lacked the amount of tools required to do an engine, an engine to pull an engine and rebuild an engine in my yard. So I reset my clock and I said, I want to have this engine done, you know, over this winter because I'm slowly building up my uh, arsenal of tools here 
Um, and if the car is not done over this winter, or at least not running and driving after this winter is over, then I'm just going to move it on. At this point, it's not costing me anything to have it sit here. Um, I don't want to own it forever if it doesn't get put together. But I, like I said, I'm I'm building my my collection of tools in order to do this. So I'm, uh, I'm almost there. I'm almost ready. And uh, we'll get to it soon. And if we don't, and you can hold me to it, even though I said last time you could, but then circumstances changed. Uh, if the thing's not done by spring, not running and driving by spring, then it's going to move on. So it's not it's not worth enough to just to, to sell right now, or it's not in the way. Um, but I do need to get back on it and get it done. So that's right. where the truck that's where the truck sits. I have collected other stuff over the years too. Like there was a point before I was going to sell it, and then somebody came through with a better fender and a better door and a better hood and a better grill. So I picked all that yeah, up. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, there was a point where I was going to sell it and. More stuff came through, and then there's a point where I was going to sell it, and I got an engine stand. It's like, all right, well, this is actually motivating me to get the things I need to have in the garage anyway, so let's just keep it around. So now, are you waiting on an engine hoist? Engine hoist is next, yep. Okay. Yep, I should buy a better jack. Um, I bought a small jack at first just to kind of get me through what I needed to do without spending huge money on a jack. Mm -hmm. Um, It's good for doing oil changes. Um, it's always good to have a second smaller jack around anyway for, you know, when the car is jacked up and you're working on a suspension, you want a second jack to move a control arm. So I bought the smaller jack first. So I do need to buy a bigger jack too. Um, in a pinch, I could use the jack that I have to get it up high enough and put it on stands, but I would like to buy a better jack too. Mm-hmm. But an engine hoist is next. Um, I have been offered to borrow an engine hoist a few times, so I may go that route, but moving, it's not exactly simple either so that's what you're waiting on is an engine hoist to get the engine out essentially and you're going to rebuild that engine yeah because we think we think the head is okay the head seems fine there's no big cracks in it anywhere um i'm going to send it out have it Uh, clean have it clean and checked to make sure yep um that's gonna be the first thing i do um and then i'm going to the piston walls look good, so the plan is to try to do the home built budget build, uh, but right. not, yeah, but not do it like wrong. I'm not just gonna slam it back together. Like I wanna, I wanna do it the right way of doing it at home. So you know, I'll buy a ball hone and measure everything out right, and and buy new rings for it. And it's it's a 22R man. Parts for it are so cheap and so readily available. So the parts mm-hmm. thing is an issue. You know, all new rings and bearings. It's like a $65 proposition. Like it's not, it's not a super expensive thing to do. So I think that's, that's the, the plan. Um, I've been keeping my eye out for a used Weber setup for it. Uh, just because the original carb that's on it looks questionable at best. Um, and I could eliminate a lot of the extra vacuum line garbage. If I just put the a Weber style carb on there. We may have talked about it before, but yeah, I think potentially if you are able to just hone it and you confirm the size of the pistons, you may be able to just put new rings on them. That's the hope. And not have to do oversize or anything. Yeah. Yep. That's the hope. Just put it back together and be into it for cheap and have my all my cost outlay be tools. You know, I, yeah, I, need, I need the tools anyway forever. for the future, so I'll keep them forever. You know, and then fast forward to the next project car a little bit without going too far into it. There's a star in here that eventually is going to get 
its driveline swapped into another car. So the engine stand is engine stand, engine hoist is certainly going to be uh, useful uh, useful items to have. So that's where the Toyota stands. Um, once I can make it run and drive, I'll be happy. And if I don't do it by spring, then it moves out of here because there's other cars that I want to get to, and I don't want to just be sitting on everything. You know, there are cars that are more important to me than that truck. And if I wanted to buy a small truck, I could probably, you know, I turned down three or four in the past year because I have that one here that are in running condition for less than a thousand bucks. Whether it be a Mazda or a Datsun or a Toyota or a Mitsubishi. So cool. that's where we're at. There's the Toyota. I don't want to give up on it because I don't want to give up on it. But if it gets to that point, then it is what it is. And please, audience, and Andrew, and Naomi, if she listens to this episode, hold me to that springtime deadline. I don't oh, yeah. want to. People should keep asking you about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to go past it. So, I hope and also hopefully, you know, the whole social distancing slash Corona thing is a little let up by before springtime, maybe, and uh, some people might come over and lend a helping hand pulling the motor out so yeah we'll see that would uh that would definitely help you along yep all right so what else you had the you want to go with the colt first you've been doing a lot to that well let's you move kinda... on to, let's move on to the eclipse all right so let's let's just run through the cars that are here in arizona and then a quick touch on the stuff that's still in massachusetts okay so the eclipse Goals for 2021. That car has two futures in it. One future is I redo the suspension. It doesn't need it, but if I'm going to make like a back you know back road kind of corner cover out of it, I want to do the same coil setup that's in your Talon. It's not tremendously expensive. Nope. Um, and at the end of the day, it would probably cost about the same to do all new shocks and springs. Um, so yeah. I might as well just do that. And the only um, thing available for those is KYBs, so it doesn't. It's like pointless. Yeah, exactly. So I may do that. Um, if I do that, I'm also probably going to do wheels or send those out and have them redone because it's what lets the car down the most is the kind of the the flaky paint finish on the wheels. I would love so it I, on Renault turbos, but that's just me. There, the sizing is weird on those. They have sixteens. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the 16-inch ones, though. They have a different look to them. I don't know. We'll see. I need to I, I need to do a couple of research things first. Um, I probably wouldn't be buying a brand new set of wheels for it because that's money. So the other thing is... Um, copies would look good. Those, I almost bought those when I bought the car, actually. Um, so another thing with that vehicle is it may be sold. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't want to say this is a, a resolution because I'm not sure it's the plan. Um, but I hinted at it last. I actually talked about it last episode that my Cressida might be available for sale. Uh, and I do miss that car. So I think the best way to bring it back into my possession would be to sell the Eclipse. So that might be the, the story with that car. Also, the Cressida needs nothing. Like it's done. It's ready to go. The Eclipse doesn't need much either, but like I said, if I was going to keep it, I'd want to redo the suspension uh, and redo the wheels and all that stuff. So 
the Cressida is literally, as I sold it, done, ready to go. So that's a, a, a thought. Uh, Sapporo is here. I haven't driven it much because it needs front brakes. Um, if you remember October of 2018 when we went to Radwood, Philadelphia. Was it 18 or 17? It was 18, right? 18. Okay. We went to Radwood, Philadelphia. Um, driving back, it was like, oh, the brakes are pretty bad. Um, I did brakes on it before I drove it across country. Yep. But I just did a pad slap. Uh, and the problem is the front rotors are toasted. So there's a pretty nasty shimmy in the front end. Um, and it's entirely caused by the rotors. So it's uh, it's not the wheels. It's not the tires. You know, I've rotated everything around. I've checked all the bushings, all the ball joints. Everything is in nice, solid shape. But at certain speeds, there's enough rotational mass in those rotors, which are clearly warped because when you lightly put your foot in the brake, you can feel it pulsate. There's enough mass in those rotors, and they're warped, that it shakes the front end around a bit. So hmm. it needs rotors. There's nothing else they've been causing the shimmy. Everything else has been has been gone through. Like I said, it's it's all it's all fresh enough that it's in good shape. The tires are brand new. The wheels are straight. You know, I've done I've done everything I can to make the shimmy go away, and it's it's still there. Um, it got really bad when I drove it across country. There was a night, one particular night, that um, we had a braking incident. <laughs> And then immediately we're in like six inches of standing water. <laughs> so I think there may have been a, uh, a heat cycle there that just kind of wreaked havoc because it was right after that that things got real bad. So need to uh, look into that, but that's just kind of on the back burner. It does drive fine around town. Um, it's just, you know, again, 55 to 65 miles an hour is a nasty shimmy in the front. They're also captured rotors if i remember correctly which is like yep. not fun to do brakes on at all it's not fun but it's just it's no different than doing a set of wheel bearings yeah also not fun yeah <laughs> just messy yeah it's just like man when they made that switch from captured rotors to just the way rotors are now on cars it's so much easier to do brakes yeah well the front wheel drive setup didn't really lend itself to that style of captured rotor there are a few i think that that have it, but most front wheel drive cars aren't that way. And most rear wheel drive earlier cars are that way. So I've already done, I did them in the Cressida when I used to own it. The Colt has the same kind of rotors. I've done those, you know, it's just, it's not fun, but it is what it is. So it's a, you know, you refresh the wheel bearings when you're in there too. So usually you just need to repack them because they're, they're pretty long wearing because of the design they are. They're not a sealed replaceable unit. You can take them apart and repack them. Mm -hmm. So that'll all get done. Um, what else is left here? The Colt. Um, I plan on continuing to make the small improvements that I've been making. You know, there's the car runs good. I've been enjoying driving it. Um, everybody seems to like the car. I love the car. Um, I've done the taillight this year. I've done some cleanup this year. Uh, I did the tachometer this year. What else have I done? The moldings back on the car this year. I recently put a Lancer badge on the trunk lid because the car is technically a Mitsubishi Lancer, not a Dodge Colt. Um, so I found a other market 
Lancer badge and put it on the trunk lid. There was never, the Dodge of them was never on the trunk lid since I owned it anyway, so may as well put that on there. Um, that car needs suspension as well. You know, the previous owner to me cut the springs in the front and has two inch lowering blocks in the rear. I probably won't change the lowering blocks, but I'll probably do new shocks in the rear because they're just a standard, you know, buy by length kind of shock absorber. And uh, there's a company in Australia that uh, King Springs, they make coilovers, uh, sorry, coils for the front of the car. Oh. That do a two, they do a two inch drop okay. um, for like 180 bucks. There's another company in Australia that does camber plates that go in place of the stop the stock uh, top hats. Uh, and I can get a, I forget what car it's out of, but there's a strut insert from another vehicle that you just get a machined spacer put in the bottom of the strut housing. And you put in, you know, the insert from this other vehicle. It's got a shorter stroke to match the two inch shorter springs. Oh, there you go. Um, so that all around. And there's a company that makes a kind of a universal panhard bar for the back to stop the left right movement. So I, that's all in the cards for that car this year. So it's not, it's not, you know, right away. It's, you know, probably third priority or so, but I think that that setup of stuff will change that car entirely <laughs> and make it a much better handling car than it is. It's, it's already a, a fun car to toss around, um, but the alignment's a little off and it could use some, some fine tuning and I just don't want to do the fine tuning until I replace everything. Oh, and I need to do brake lines in it too. Mm. Brake lines are starting to look a little uh, questionable and, you know, being out here in the dry desert, they're not going to get any, they're not going to get any better. That's for sure. So there's also a company in Australia that does um, full stainless lines for the car. So I'll be able to to improve that car from the bottom up is the plan. Um, I'm actually a little perturbed because there was an engine I tried to buy last week for it. Um, not that it needs an engine, but this was a JDM motor from a Gallant GTO with the factory twin carb setup. Yeah. Um, but the guy's not willing to ship anything. So where the heck is he? He's in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. So, anyway. It severely limits your market for uh, that engine. Especially a weird, obscure thing like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, the problem is is that it's cheap enough that somebody else is going to buy it and just take the Webers off. Not the Webers, the um, the Solexes or whatever. Whatever the factory twin carbs are for the car, Mm -hmm. whoever buys it is just going to buy it, take those off, throw the manifold engine in the trash. Yeah. So. Because it's it's cheap enough that that would be the case. So, hmm. whatever. I told him I'd pay him his asking price for the full engine and take the manifold off and send me the manifold and carbs myself. You know, but it's not, he's not interested in, in helping anybody out at all. Just is what it is. Because I, I think a, a twin carb setup on that would be neat, and if it was the factory twin carb setup, it could be even cooler. Yeah, weird. So, like I said, it was you know five hundred bucks. It wasn't going to be like the end of the day. A good price for a set of twin carbs, but yeah. Oh well, his loss and mine, and mine, I guess. So, so that's the Colt. Um, the eventual plan with that is to get it on. You know, our friends over at DWA have their their rallies up in the mountains in California. The plan is to get it set up enough to go run. You know, one or two of those, uh, and maybe some of the vintage car track days that are popping up in the southwest here. So be a fun, just little 
not a race car by any means, but just a car I can go out and participate in some events with. All right, what's next? Starion is here. Yep. Um, Starion runs as is. We need to drop the tank out of it, fix where the fuel leak is, which is just the filler deck. Um, that's easy enough to cludge something together that works. Just the filler neck, or is it the sending? It's the filler neck. You shouldn't need to drop the tank to the filler neck. Uh, okay, I could probably... I haven't looked closely enough to how, how to fix anything on it, but I was thinking of dropping the tank through the filler neck just to... Kinda... Usually, it should be just the metal filler piece at the body and then a rubber hose to the tank. The problem yeah. is is that I don't think the part's available readily. <laughs> They aren't so anymore. I, I, I was going to kind of cludge something together, and that was going to require removing the tank. Well, so, so on a, a Glant VR4, the original ones are NLA. I I believe I had the last one. I ordered it and held on to it until I swapped my tank. Right. So I put a brand one, brand new one in. But um, it's literally like an oversized radiator hose. And I know some people in the Glant VR4 community have just taken radiator hoses there's one that fits right and just put them together and well I, I need to look closer at it i haven't really looked at the i'm not at the point where i'm ready to do it yet because i've been working on the colt and working on the other stuff and working on stuff around here because the only other thing would be from the actual top of the tank would be rotted no it's it's just from what i can see it's, it's just the filler deck <laughs> um I'm not, again, I'm not 100% positive because I haven't done a full investigation on it, but from what I can see so far, it's only leaking from that top right corner and only when the tank is is over full. So once the fuel in the filler neck drains down to the tank, you know, that half a gallon that sits in the top of that, the bottom of that neck, then there's no fuel leaking out of the car anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was going to say, because when we got the pump running, it didn't... There was no fuel coming out of the... There was no fuel leaking anywhere, and there was no fuel smell. Yeah. So it wasn't until I filled the car up that it was leaking. So that's my working theory, and looking at where it was wet, that's what I'm thinking. But again, I probably should have dropped the tank just to kind of investigate and make sure everything's fine. It's literally only six bolts in the bottom of the car, and they look like they're in decent shape. If you remember, when we looked at it, we're under the car. We're like, those don't actually look that bad. So it shouldn't be a big deal to drop it. But anyway... The plan with the car is to eventually swap everything over to a better shell. I have a better shell, technically. Um, it was given to me by a friend of the show. Um, it's still in his yard with all his other stuff, so it's not bothering him that's there. The problem is it's an automatic car. Normally, I wouldn't care if it was you know, most vehicles because I'd just be swapping everything over anyway. Dash and harness and everything at once. And the only difference, you know, on most cars would be some minor modifications to the firewall. But on Starions, the ASIN transmission that was available in the automatics, probably the same one in your Montero, is super wide. So the automatic cars have a wider transmission tunnel. So I'm not sure what that does to pedal placement or the foot box where the pedals go, if there's enough room to run the factory clutch, brake, and accelerator pedal setup, or if there's not enough room and it's not going to work. So 
the other thought is you could cut the tunnel out of my car and move it over to that car. But part of the reason I'm replacing this car is because the floors and everything are all rotted. So cutting the tunnel out probably isn't the best plan. Getting away from doing body work is what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. I need to do a little more research. I should probably just post a question on like the Starion Facebook groups and say, hey, what's involved in an auto to manual swap as far as the transmission tunnel goes? Because otherwise, everything else about this car is perfect. It's also an 84. So any weird little things shouldn't be an issue. It's the same year car. Um, it's pin straight. This is no rust. There's no dings. There's no dents. So the interior is wasted, but my interior is good. So it's going to be a nice little swap everything over kind of story. So we'll see what happens. Um, that's kind of a back burner thing because there's no visual safety inspections here in Phoenix. So the rust spots in the car are fine. The car does run and drive. Once I get that gas tank scenario figured out i can just kind of go through it in the car as it is now so that when it comes time to take it out and swap it into a new shell it should just bolt in and drive away so that's it for the arizona cars huh. uh massachusetts cars the gallant is going on the market because it just is it's been sitting for so long i live three thousand miles away from it I would love to finish it and drive it, but I think that we have to get to a point where we say, let's, you know, let's relax here a little bit. Let's try to cut out the total number of cars hanging over my head because part of my problem is there's so many cars hanging over my head that it's hard to concentrate. So the car's going to go in the market. I'm not going to give it away. I don't need to sell it. Kind of that kind of that whole story. <laughs> I know um, what I got. Yeah, exactly. So if it doesn't sell... By the next time that I'm out there or somebody out there can help me out with a engine assembly or I get out there and build the engine myself, then so be it. We'll just put it together next time I'm out there for a long enough period of time to build the engine. So it's, uh, we'll call it soft for sale. I do have a potentially interested buyer. I need to get some pictures for him, um, but we'll see what happens. Um Everything else in Massachusetts is, but the Camaro is just sitting in Massachusetts until I have a garage built out here because I don't want to park it in the sun here. Uh, the NSU, same story. And what else is out there, Andrew? The white RX-7. Yep. That's, I don't think about that car much. Um, I'm sure the tan Colt will eventually just be parted out and the motorcycle probably just sold yep so what about the low mileage colt well that's coming out here eventually the, okay the, the next next time i have money to ship a car that's coming out here all right low mileage colt oh. uh gone r.i.p 2020 raider not r.i.p it's getting restored i think yeah as far as i know i haven't heard from him but yeah he, we're, we're Facebook friends, so I can reach out to him once in a while and check on it. So that's, uh, yeah, that's gone from, from us, from our queue, our, our quiver of vehicles. Um, did we sell anything else this year? I mean, we can get to my stuff. Yeah. So anyway, automotive resolutions for me for that fleet in 2021. 
the biggest things are getting the Colt suspension sorted and getting the truck running. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the biggest, the biggest hurdles I think to overcome. Um, and then the low mile Colt, when it gets out here, that's an easy one to make run. It's already been to the, it's already, it's already stumbled and farted to life. It hasn't been just gone through and, and fixed. So everything in that car works it just needs to be gas needs to be dumped out of it. So that's, that is what it is. So yeah, that's the, the, the what do you call it? The, the project car resolutions are, those are the two big ones. Cool. Holding to those more than anything else. And anything else that happens is just icing on the cake. Yeah, I will. Thank you. Part of the, uh, that's part of the appeal of the podcast here is that, uh, people ask you about things now. Yeah. They keep you, keep you a little bit more, I guess. Honest on them. <laughs> oh, the other, the other big, the big, big, big thing out here is to build a garage in 2021. So yeah. Yeah. You're telling be- me about that. Yeah, that will be because the, it's not the, as expensive as you thought it would be. Significantly less money than it would cost in Massachusetts, and, and significantly and also, less money. Yeah, than to get all the things that you want. Yeah, and nothing fancy. We're we're probably going metal building, but it's it's falling it's falling together. Looking at the way the plant's planning out, so that will be a whole big update scenario down the road, and that's a plan is for twenty twenty one. Well, see, it's funny. I think it's definitely a lot easier out there to do like a metal building or a metal pole barn than it is here for whatever reason. They're either not super like legal for code, maybe. I don't know. Or it's one just of the, the way for the weather we need to have stick built wood. One of the big, well, no, metal buildings do exist in Massachusetts. One yeah. of the big sticking points in Massachusetts is how thick the concrete base has to be, the pad that you put it on. Well, the. Yeah, it has to go down to the frost, um, the not the middle part, but the walls that your uh, building is sitting on has to go down something like six feet minimum. And they say the that all, all they say that all of it should. Um, so the problem the problem is uh, not six feet, but it's 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 pretty far down. The yeah. problem is the cost associated with pouring a concrete pad that's deep enough um, is significantly more expensive than pouring a concrete pad out here because we don't get that frost ground. So that's that's a huge cost savings alone right there. Like we're looking at like a twenty four by thirty or a thirty by thirty, and some of the concrete pad quotes that we've talked about are you know less than twenty five hundred bucks. Well, yeah, like the the concrete floor. When my dad built his garage, like the the sides go down deep enough for frost, but then the floor itself is maybe half a foot thick. Well, the sides, including the the gravel, the sides on yours are also load bearing. Which is because the it's a you know stick and build stick and wood kind of build. Yeah. So I'm, I'm completely talking out my butt on this stuff. I don't know construction stuff, so I just know what I've been researching and figuring out that concrete pads here are easier and they're cheaper. Yes, because you don't have a frost, so they don't have to go down yeah. as deep. And as far basically as basically, they don't want what they don't want. I think is if the ground freezes, it being pushed up. Literally a frost right. heave. Yep. Yeah. Which would obviously compromise the building, yeah. Which you don't want. So, but literally, I'm thinking here that I'll be into something. But the the problem is, you know, I don't want to say a number now and be wrong about it. Yeah, but but no matter what it is, Oops. the biggest the biggest hurdle is going to be financing, figuring out how to get that done the right way. Um, because I'm not sure exactly how 
you know, a construction loan works on something like that. Um, I just need to do a little bit more research, but you know, whether it's, you know, 15, 20, $25,000, that's the kind of money I don't just have in my pocket to pay out. <laughs> so financing is going to be involved. And, and once that hurdle is cleared, then there's not much stopping it from happening. So that's the big plan for this year. Yeah. And then your only other thing will be uh, just checking with uh, your lift installer, how thick they want the pad, Yep. where the lift goes, because they can put in extra material there. Yep. You don't yeah, have to the, do the, the whole plan, thing. The plan is to go, you know, like I said, probably 30 wide. And yeah. uh, in 30 wide, you can do two four posts and a two post. Mm-hmm. You get enough parking in there for five or six cars, which is right. ideal because I have too many cars. Yeah. And then with a, a metal building, you do a vaulted ceiling. Yep. Yep. With the peak in the middle, like the peak from left to right so that the middle section is highest. And then if you ever, you know, if you really wanted to, I've seen people do it inside of that. You could build a, like a mezzanine out of wood with stairs or something. If you wanted uh, extra storage space up top. Yeah, you could. The problem with extra storage up top and Phoenix is heat rises. So uh, yeah. a real, a real hot area up there. Attics, attics here are really hot. I've been doing a bunch of research too, into, um, what kind of insulation to use. Cause I'm, I, you know, a metal building here in Phoenix in the summertime is going to be hot. <laughs> so you want to insulate it. I want to be full wallboard. I want to make it look like a finished building inside. Um, mm-hmm. I've been looking, been doing some research into the mini split systems as far as air conditioning goes. Yeah. And there's some interesting technology out there now which I'm, again, just the very base of learning about. So if I'm completely wrong and off base, we'll find out when I start doing quotes. But there's some interesting technology out I've been finding out about running a mini split off of, not on your grid, just having its own solar energy just to run it. So during the day, it keeps it, when the sun's at its peak, it stays temperate inside, which is obviously good for the vehicles and anything you store in there. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. It's all, like I said, it's all... At this moment in time, it's all pipe dreams. And uh, step number one is just figuring out the basics and, and getting the plans and getting the right company to help me do it. So I have the advantage of a couple of people out here that I know have built them themselves. And uh, one guy had one recently done uh, by a company. So we'll see where we're at. But one day at a time. That's the biggest resolution for this year. So what is your Project Car State of the Union, Andrew? Well, we were just talking about cars we sold in 2020, mm-hmm. and it it seems like many years ago, but it was only like January 2020 I did sell the WRX. Wow, that was only this year, huh? Yeah, because I, I literally bought and picked up the Volkswagen like a year ago today, or I, or I bought it like a year ago today, and I picked it up on New Year's Eve, hmm. and then um, within like a week... In January, I, I had sold the WRX, so um, yeah, that was gone. It only reminds me because I I continue to get the Takata airbag recall for it, even though I've called them and told them I don't own the vehicle anymore. <laughs> yeah, it happens for a while when you sold, when yeah. you sold the car. Which apparently they, the car had the passenger side done, and now the driver's side is available. So whoever owns that car, go get it done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that car has uh, been gone and 
like the really the big thing I wanted to get done this year, and I did it towards the end of the year, was fix the flex pipe on the Gallant. Okay. Um, I also added a new blow valve to it. I think I've talked about. Yep. And that was pretty much it. I I really wanted to do that, and one thing I would like to do to that car. I keep talking about it like it feels like every year. I really need to do the the trim, the black trim. It just needs to be refreshed. Yes. It's not super complicated or super involved. It is not. Maybe it's super involved. I do have to do a lot of masking and some sanding. It's not even, it's not even that much masking. It's more sanding than anything else. Yeah, because it's not even that it's worn down and faded. It's that somebody touched it up before and left like spray paint marks and like runs in it where they you can see where they just like held the spray paint can. Yeah, they just did it very poorly. <laughs> yeah. So that needs to be scuffed up, smoothed out. I was looking into... I do have the Duplicolor stuff for it. Um, but for another project I was... And I'll get to that. I was looking at the uh, the SEM trim black. Yep. SEM. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just get a couple cans of that because it's probably a lot better. It's really nice. And it gives that factory semi-gloss finish perfectly. Yeah, you can get a different uh, versions of black too. You can get like satin gloss. Yep. I was like, that's yeah. good to know for different projects. Yeah, it's a very it's a very good product. I've used it before. Yeah. Actually, the back bumper on the Raider was some trim black. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's probably the big thing. I would like to figure out how or who to have fix the dash. And it would be nice to have the pesticide seat cover restitched and then just do a really nice cleaning conditioning the leather because it's not in bad shape other than where it's past the seat is ripped but it could use a really good cleaning and conditioning yeah i, I just was watching i was watching a recent uh, not a recent episode i don't remember what episode it was of wheeler dealers where they did an inter- a tan interior and they yeah we were we talked about that in the 3000 gt oh it was the 3000 gt yeah mm-hmm. having a shop that does that kind of work do that for you would bring that car to a whole different level. I think it almost doesn't even need that because the, the black leather looks really good. It's not worn or faded, but it, it is hard. It needs. Yeah. So I, just, I just really have a shop do it because one of those things that yeah. the best way to fix that is to take the seats apart and soak them, you know, and I think that taking those seats apart because of how hard they are, they would just tear. So, well, um, I'm wondering if there's a, a decent product I can do with it in the vehicle. If there's better stuff than like a Lexol, that's like the brand name everybody knows. Yeah. I feel like there's probably better stuff in like a Chemical Guys or an MONYC version of a product or something that would be good enough to clean it and condition it. I just have to research that. Yeah. We don't really know many detail guys, so to speak. That's never really been our side of the thing because we no, or even older. We play with these older cars, and they're not cars that generally go to a professional detailer. You know, yeah, we're just not in that scene. It would it would even make sense, like you know, if I if I scrubbed it with a good whatever leather cleaner it is, and then maybe you you kiss it, not even with a heat gun, but with like a hair dryer to just warm it, and then like put your leather cream into it. And maybe yeah. it would like open up the pores and like soak it in or something. Yeah, without giving bad advice, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, it's something I got to look into. So yeah. that, that'll make a big difference in that car. 
yeah, there's not really a whole heck of a lot that I need to do that car. Um, luckily, I, I hustled a lot in towards the end of 18 and through 19 to make sure everything was working well because I knew that we were going to have a kid in 2020. Right. So uh, it feels pretty good to not have a ton of car projects hanging over me. Because I also knew we were going to do a bunch of uh, house stuff. Right. So. Which is part of the reason that like your big project this year was a flex pipe. Like, yeah. Because the- you spent so much time building a kitchen and doing flooring in your dining room and all this other stuff that was just, you know, it takes priority because it's your house. Yeah. So again, with the glant, it's just like minor detail stuff now. And maybe I was thinking about, we'll see. It depends on budget. I might change the wheels again. Just to be something different. Well, now you'll have three sets of wheels for the car. Yeah. So what? It's like a pair of shoes. <laughs> Change them out. Well, if I keep um, my car, maybe I'll buy one set from you. <laughs> maybe. And the, so the Talon, you didn't get to do much of that at all that I wanted to do. I really wanted to put the front mount intercooler in that I have. Year uh, five. Yeah. Hopefully, I. Uh, that's, a, that's a goal for the spring to try to get to that. Um, well, by springtime, your son will be able to help you install it, right? Yeah, the way he's growing, it seems like it. <laughs> um, I'll be teaching him to drive in the fall. <laughs> Probably. It's um, yeah, it's that can be done. There's like, oh, that's the other thing. So I have the rear. <laughs> I bought this in 2017. I've got the uh the rear subframe with poly bushings in it and I've got a white wine rear bar for it. And I'd really like to f- finish rebuilding that with the adjustable pieces. I have to buy those and put in the uh, solid toe things for the, the, the lower, the, the lower trailing arms. So you don't okay. get the active toe anymore and it can all, all the alignment can be locked and it doesn't change when you go into a corner. Mm-hmm. So I would like to put that in and it's got the four bolt diff. So I think that's entirely a possibility for 2021. Well, you can build most of that in your garage and then just yeah. go over to your dad's the lift is and do the rest. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it's probably easier to swap that subframe without a lift. It probably is. Um, I keep, it's in the garage. So every now and then I go over to it. It was only like minimally rusted. I'll just spray deep creep on the camera bolts that are holding it together every now and then. Yep. And so hopefully when it's time to go take it apart, they just come right apart fall apart um that's definitely in there it's not really much else i'd like to do different seats in that car just like a set of cobos or something or vintage recaros something with a cool pattern that'd be really sweet um otherwise that car's car's pretty well set up <laughs> your cars are also almost done it's time for you to get a project car yeah it would be I'm definitely looking for one we've talked about it sort of keep my eyes out it has to be the right car it's a specific car that I want is a is a 142 Volvo but it needs to be the right car I don't want it I definitely don't want one that's all rotted out because I don't want to do any body work 
I don't want one that apparently I looked into it. The auto to manual swap is very easy. If a nice auto was to come up for yep. a reasonable price, it's uh, not very complicated at all. And the parts are um, simple to, simple to get too, because yeah, like a transmission up through like a two forty works, correct? Something like that. Oh. The um, the, the Volvo guys know. There's a bunch of Volvo guys in the Rochester area. They run the drivers of imperfect classic cars. Yep. And uh, I had asked on their page because one had popped up, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you do this and this." It seemed pretty straightforward. So, but yeah, I'm looking for the right car because the ones that seemingly pop up on the east coast they're like not in that great of shape and people seem to want a lot of money for them which to me doesn't seem worth it i don't want to buy i don't want to compromise on it because yeah yeah you don't need to buy a car so you might as well wait for the right one yeah so i mean to be definitely to be quite honest like in my younger days i definitely impulse bought project cars yeah, my younger, my younger days too, like uh, March of this year. Yeah. So I'm trying not to impulse buy a project car that I don't actually need. So I want to make sure it's good enough that it can be driven fairly quickly. Yep. And then just do little things. But that'd be the ideal. Um, but getting back to the stuff I actually have, the Montero, they got a lot of good quite a few upgrades i got uh, big rock sliders for it. um i did the rear lift springs uh it's still ticking uh my dad and i seem to have arrived that we think it is a worn camshaft on the passenger side head okay because it seems consistent with a valve tick but it has new lifters but mm-hmm. if the camshaft is worn it's got too much slop in it, and maybe that lifter can't make up for it. It does have a lot of miles on it. Yeah. So I've literally driven it probably 15,000 miles that way, and it doesn't seem to care. But it's really just annoying. Yes. So I think our plan in the spring is to, at minimum, pull that valve cover and inspect the camshaft. Well, the, the beauty of it is you have a full engine block sitting there waiting to go, so... Yeah, but if I can get away with not even pulling the engine out of the truck and just yep. putting a camshaft in it, that'd be way easier. I mean, obviously. Yeah. But I also bought, or I didn't buy it, I ordered it. You pay for it when they do the test. Is a one of those Blackstone oil kits. Mm-hmm. Because I'm curious, when I drain the oil out next, I'll send it to them. Maybe if you you can tell them that the issues you are, you're having, they can look for those type of metals. Uh, I know our friend Ron just did that in his Starium to kind of get a update of yeah. what's going on with his engine. And they gave a pretty comprehensive report and confirmed, you know, some things that he thought and helped him feel better yeah. about some other things. Yeah. Cause they'll tell you like, all right, there's, there's this type of brass in there. That means your bearings or there's coolant present. Like they, it's really quite interesting. So I'll probably, probably do that in the spring when I change the oil. Yeah, I was and, thinking of getting that done with all the, the runners and probably also the Starion before I swap the drive line to another car. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely an interesting idea. Definitely a real nerdy thing to do, but interesting. It's nerdy, but it also might save you a ton of money in the future. It's true. You know, it's true. like it's nerdy but necessary. Yeah. So 
definitely doing that. And then, uh, as a little Christmas gift to myself and a little more, uh, off-roady bling, uh, glamour mod, I bought a eBay snorkel for the truck. Nice. Which is, it's like a knockoff probably of an ARB or something. But I like this one because it didn't say, some of them come molded with Piero in them. This yep. one's just plain. Nice. Just textured black plastic. The template <laughs> left a little bit, like it's not super accurate. Uh, I'm going to have to really pay attention to lining it up. I think I'm going to do a video on it. Just a paper circle they sent you? <laughs> no, it's it's almost the length of the fender, but not exactly the length of the fender. So you don't know where exactly to line it up. Okay. <laughs> so, so I think I'm going to do like blue tape over the whole fender. Tape this thing down. Line it up very carefully. Make measurements. Measure like four times. Um, Cut twice. And then drill my holes. And then by having the blue tape, once I drill my holes... I can spray some paint over them so the rough, the raw edge will have paint on it. Right. Won't rust away. Yeah. Well, snorkel looks very purposeful, so that's neat. Yeah. And then that's what I was talking about with the sem paint. So it's just raw black textured plastic. And I don't know how it's going to hold up to the UV. So I don't want to have this like gray looking snorkel after like a year. So I think before I even put it on, I'm just going to clean it up, you know, all the mold release off of it. And paint it with the sem satin black. Yep, it's probably much better that way. That sem stuff. Yeah. Part of the reason I like that sem stuff for flat black parts on the outside of the car is yeah. that it does have UV protection in it, whereas like a Krylon does not. Yeah, that's why I was going to use that stuff. Yep. So it'll protect it and it'll look black. Um, so that'll be pretty cool. Um, and then, I don't know, I'll just keep driving it. I have got the ADD bumper I need to weld up and put on there. Correct, which is a neat piece to see all put on the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And then maybe I was thinking, I think we talked about before, some gradient, like dark brown, like stripes in the hood or something, just to like hide the clear coat peel. Yep, I like it. And maybe a maybe a white roof if I'm getting really uh, ambitious with it. Yeah. Well, that's good. So those are good plans for the year. Yeah, and that's all. That's all a lot of stuff that I can just do over here too, in my garage. I don't have to. Well, plus I know there's, a, there's some plans for stuff in your dad's garage too. Like I know you got to work on your mom's beetle a little bit. And yeah, so here's the thing with the, her beetle. Um, it came from Arizona in nineteen. I think it was yeah late nineteen. No spring of spring of nineteen. Okay. Uh, one of us, either it was you or I found it on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, we sent you over to look at it. You talked to the guy. He was basically selling it because he wasn't driving it a lot, I think. That was part of the plan. He was a collector. He had lots of stuff. And uh, yeah. he wanted to you know, thin down the collection of things he uses more than anything else. So the, it's a really nice car. My mom got it here, and she drove the crap out of it in 2019 all over town. Enjoying it, started driving it, and this spring, it started acting kind of funny, like it was starving for fuel. So my dad was like, oh, I wonder if the electric fuel pump's going bad. And we were like, eh, I guess so. So it's super easy to change. It's right there on, on the bottom of the car. So he just swapped it, swapped the filter, ran it right for a little bit, and then it started doing the same thing. And I'm like, it really sounds like it's starving for fuel. 
he's like, yeah, I think, I think you're right. So it, he had pulled off the lines and had like blown compressed air in there with the gas cap off and he heard it go like, and like, so like something was stuck in the pickup tube in the tank. Okay. Maybe it's from sitting or like found its way to there. Some, some sort of varnish or gum and, you know, blew it out of there. Car ran great. Uh, but then it started sputtering again. So it must've found its way back into there. So we got to pull the tank. Not that big a deal. It comes right out of the, the frunk. The, the beauty of a beetle is pretty much anything in that car comes apart within a couple hours. So, yeah. So we'll have to pull the tank, clean it. And then, um, because the car sat for so long and then my mom started driving it a lot. I mean, this is pretty typical of an air cooled car. They, they need, the engine needs a reseal after so much time and miles. It's just the design of the, the air cooled engine. So it's leaking quite a bit of oil and it's also leaking from the transaxle. Cause I think the, uh, we think that the breather was clogged for a while cause there was a lot of like Arizona dust and dirt underneath it. Well, that's what happened with the taillight. We thought you had a dim yeah. taillight that turned out just full of dirt. Yeah. So maybe the guy lived in a dirt road or something. Who knows? Um, so yeah, it kind of like ruined all the seals. Transaxle seals are just, it's just leaking gear oil and we don't want to ruin the transmission by having it run out of gear oil or something or. It generally just kind of makes a mess when it's parked in the garage too. Yeah. Well, that's probably so, your first, your first spring project anyway, because your mom loves driving the car. So it wouldn't yeah. be good to have it down for a long, maybe even start working on that before spring. <laughs> yeah. As soon as we see the, the forecast is like no more snow, we can probably start pulling the engine on engine and transacts a lot of that. Yep. Refresh everything. Uh, if I'm willing to bet, we'll probably just throw a clutch in it because it's a part, take it apart. Just throw a clutch in it. hundred percent. I mean, a stock beetle clutch is probably ten dollars, right? Yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not they're not very expensive, that's for sure. No, so yeah, the, we'll have to do that, and then uh, the uh, the Cadillac that we refurbished in twenty nineteen to get it running again. I find it it took like to the end of the summer of twenty nineteen. I ordered the plastics that go behind the impact bumpers, the, the gap fillers that have disintegrated the original ones. They were like fiberglass or something. Yeah. The weird, or like urethane and they just shattered urethane. after a while. Yeah. The pliability goes away from them. Yeah. So I have the replicas and they're like a harder plastic, but they need to be like scuffed and sanded and painted matching white. And I wanted to get to that this summer. I just didn't I'm just doing house stuff. Plus, couldn't take the car anywhere, so it was like, what's the big deal? Get to it later. Yep. So, yeah, I'd like to do that. Actually, I need to myself. I don't think I need to have somebody paint them. Are they small enough that a, a color-matched rattle can will do, will do pretty well? Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I need to have you send me that link, actually, for the company that sells those, if you think of it, because I was uh, helping a family friend out here refurbish his 77 Cadillac. So it was a company out of Florida that specialized in these things, but I found them via eBay. Okay. And it was a little dicey because they were very, I mean, they communicated with me a lot, but I did order them. And it, unlike a lot of things you order on eBay, they didn't have them. Oh, they made, made they to, to order? They made them. They were made to order. 
So I ordered them like June and they didn't show up till like August. I kept checking in with them because I didn't want the like, you know, sometimes you order stuff on eBay and if it takes like it, there's a certain limit where like PayPal hits like 40 days or something, then you can't like file a claim, which I think they've extended it longer lately. But, you know, I just like kept <laughs> emailing them like every couple of weeks, like, oh, just checking in. And but they they were real. They showed up. So. Was it Bobby Ward, his name? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll find it for you later. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I'm helping out a, a family friend out here with a 77, uh, Coupe de Ville. That's yeah. a really nice car, but unfortunately out here, obviously the bumper fillers are completely missing. <laughs> so yeah, that's what lets down these like seventies cars is the, these bumper fillers. Yeah. So, cause otherwise the car is literally perfect. <laughs> yeah. Same, same with this one. It's pretty perfect. It's like a 70,000 mile, you know, yeah. Coupe de Ville with a mint interior. And like, it's, it actually reminds me a lot. I don't know if you remember my mom's 81. The so blue one? Blue on blue. Yeah. 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 The interior is identical. It's the same interior, same dashboard, same colors, same eight track player hidden in the FM, the FM dial. <laughs> like yeah. it's, the same, it's the same car, but he's, uh, he's building a low rider. Um, ah. and, uh, so I was over there the other day, kind of going over some stuff, kind of project car consultant life, mm-hmm. kind of figuring out where we're, where the best place to go first is and what we're going to do. And so. yeah. And then, um, Oh, my dad did want to update the AC in that car. Cause it'd be nice to not sweat to death on the leather seats. So, yep. Which I guess requires that car had a specific type of compressor that's old and outdated. And then you, you switch it to an updated compressor and then you have to have the line modified to fit. And my dad was a little concerned about it. He's like, well, it's not going to be original anymore. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, it makes it, the car more enjoyable. It's yeah, fun. it makes it. It's still, yeah. If you unless you were going to like a concourse, it, it doesn't matter because yeah, there there are, there are certain things that are ashamed to change, and there are certain things that it just doesn't yeah. matter. If you put that car and bring a trailer and were to sell it, maybe some commenter would be upset, but the person who wants to buy it is exactly. going to be happy that it has working air, air conditioning that's updated. Exactly, especially you know it's a car that you only use in the summertime. Yeah. Summers in Massachusetts are 95 degrees with a relative humidity of 195%. So it'd be nice to have nice cold air conditioning. Exactly. So that's, uh, that's all, that's all I got for like project car state of the union and, uh, you know, new year's resolutions for cars. Excellent. So what parts of your resolution, what's the stuff we got to hold you to? Um, how about doing the trim on the Gallant windows? Okay. Cause I think that's uh pretty attainable. I think I've offered to do that for you before. <laughs> I think so. They yeah. just didn't get to it. Um, fixing the engine tick on the Montero would be nice. Okay. Well, and, uh, oh, the manifolds are leaking too. I got to figure that out. Maybe, maybe swap the manifolds. Well, when you're doing the cam shaft, you can probably do that. Yeah. 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 I just don't want to have trouble when I go get a sticker for it with the exhaust leaking. Yep. Because that's a pain. But those, those all sound like pretty solid ideas. Obviously, there's the wild card of who knows what 2021 will bring. Um, not only, you know, for the world, but for our cars. You know, we could you could fall upon a car that's not a Volvo 142 and be like, well, might as well buy that and try that. Or you might fall apart of Volvo and go, hey. There's the Volvo I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I might come across something out here that 
one of us needs to own and one of us needs to own it. Who knows? Yeah. I had a, uh, I actually, I had a, a dream the other night that you bought a Porsche 924. <laughs> so I think it's cause I was reading an article about them being, you know, not cheap for much longer. And, uh, so, um, one thing for the podcast, I, I started to work on a website for us. Um, I got busy. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to continue to work on it. We are working on it. And um, I started to work on a collaboration with t-shirts with a guy. Yeah. So. By the way, I do have keychains that we will figure out um, how we want to sell them. Uh, I ordered them January of 2019. They were delayed because of COVID because they came out of China. <laughs> right. Um, they've been sitting in my garage for eight months. So they've so off they've they've off gassed the COVID then. Yeah, they are perfectly safe. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're pretty cool looking. I've sent you some. They're like yeah, um, like rubber keychains that are almost like three D ish. Yeah, they're really neat. Of our logo, they came out really cool because they even captured like the little lines in our letters. Um, so they're they're pretty darn cool. I just got to figure out how we want to sell them and might bundle them with like stickers and stuff. Yeah, wait till the T shirt thing comes through. Yeah, we can figure out something. But ideally, I really, really would like to launch our actual website so that we can have blog posts and uh, you can do a diecast blog and we can have uh, more car shoots and stuff like that. Just uh, we just have to get to work on it. You know, maybe some Saturday or Sunday or something we can do like a collaboration call. We'll figure it out. Sure. And we both already have tons of content backed up in our in our. uh memory cards so should be able to do that it'd be nice it'll be nice to have something we can direct people to as well when they want to know what it is that we do exactly um and that would probably give us more access to you know shooting more cars and doing more content and and going from there so So, anything else i don't think so andrew i think that's pretty much it for me um i don't have a lot to to contribute beyond that because I haven't been working on anything because of the holidays and uh, we'll see what happens in the near future. Hopefully some more project car updates and events to talk about. And mm-hmm. I did want to remind you that we need to figure out how to get you a account for uh, Motor Trend because there's a bunch of new stuff coming out there that's making it worth it. <sighs> so I just want to remind you that there's a so many streaming services. Well, I know, but I don't want to pay for them all. <laughs> We'll figure it out. Man, if only there was a service that gave me all these channels for one price. Well, the Mototrend app just did a, <laughs> I just watched a three-part docu, docu-series on um, the Mototrend Riverside 500. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to go into it now because the episode's going long, but if you have the Mototrend streaming service, watch that. <laughs> it's really good. It's, it's narrated by David Freiberger, um, and it's all about the history of the Riverside Mototrend 500 amazing series cool all right so we uh like to wish you and yours a happy new year you can follow us on Auto off topic podcast on facebook Auto off topic on twitter Auto off topic on instagram where you can see brad's uh, diecast stories that he's posting and uh you can follow me on instagram raced in anger and brad where can they find you they can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. 
Uh, I did log into Twitter the other day. Uh, oh, yeah? And I failed miserably because apparently I have an old account tied to my email and finding a password is becoming an issue. Uh, so I got to figure that out, but it will just be my name at the Twitter account as well. So just Brad DeSantis. Oh yes. I am also on Twitter. It's raced and anger. And then I just have my screen name as Andrew auto off topic. Yeah. Mine will probably be the same eventually, but I got to figure that out. I got to get yeah. in contact with somebody at Twitter, <laughs> fix my account. All right, cool. So as always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses. Yeah.